earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Today's part 10 and our conclusion of the This Means War series. We'll wrap up our sober look at spiritual warfare and put the finishing touch on our spiritual warfare primer. Remember, the podcasts are posted at faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts. Today's title is The Invisible Weapon Prayer, expanding on the last of the believer's weapons in Ephesians 6, where Paul summarizes his final thoughts on the armor with, Through all prayer and requests, pray at all times in the Spirit. Friends, I'm going to go out on a limb here because many Bible students and teachers end the armor of God at verse 17 and don't view Paul's exhortation to praying as part of the armor. I should probably change my title to The Neglected Weapon Prayer. I came across a great statement that says, Without prayer, all the armor in the world would be of no use. Friends, in light of what we've been covering in this series on spiritual warfare and the armor of God, what would you suggest this statement is trying to tell us? Well, I found another great statement that says, Without watchfulness, Prayer and all the spiritual armor will be ineffective. Well, let's review the meaning of ineffective. Feeble, powerless, weak, unproductive, primarily not able to produce the desired effect. So now, let me ask you, what would you suggest this second statement is trying to tell us? Let's begin by asking, what is the desired effect? In other words, what is the spiritual armor for? Or why is it so necessary? Even how is the armor of God supposed to help us? Friends, perhaps you're a prayer warrior. Maybe others consider you a prayer warrior. But let me ask you this. How watchful are you? In other words, how aware are you of the things going on around you? So let's take a crack at answering these questions and set as our end goal discovering just what Paul is trying to teach us about spiritual warfare and the role of prayer. In Ephesians six ten through 14 Paul answers one of our questions directly. How is the armor of God supposed to help us? And, as has been our practice, let's listen to Ephesians six ten through 20 so that we don't come away thinking, all I need is this one part I'm missing. No, friends, the whole context reminds us we need the whole armor. We must be dressed in the full warfare wardrobe. And especially tune your ears to the opening verses to answer that above question. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day. And having done everything to Stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having belted your waist with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace with God. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and... The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, through every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view be alert or watchful with all perseverance and every request for all the saints, in other words, all Christ followers, and pray in my behalf that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak." So, friends, if ineffective means not able to produce the desired effect, the first question we should ask ourselves is, what is the desired effect? What is the desired effect of putting on the armor of God, or the warfare wardrobe? Well, as I said earlier, Paul answers this question for us. The desired effect is to make us strong in the Lord, to help us take our stand against the devil's schemes, as verses 10 and 11 put it. And please notice that in verse 10, there's something that's not readily seen in our English versions, that being the words strong and might. Strong is the Greek word for power, and specifically resurrection power. And might or mighty is another Greek word for power, a kind of power that is endowed with strength. And even the word strength in the second half of the verse is yet another word for power, indicating the presence of a force. So, you see, friends, Paul originated the phrase, May the force be with you. That's a totally legitimate modern way of saying what Paul said. Steven Spielberg ripped off the Bible. But let's qualify what the force is in the Christian's life. What is this force behind all we do? It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not a force, but he brings the power of a force. Recall Acts 1.8, Jesus told his disciples, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Also notice, friends, this power acts like bookends in Ephesians 6.10-20, the beginning and the conclusion of the armor of God, directly in verse 10 and indirectly in verses 18-20. through 20. Because when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying with power. So, friends, I believe the last piece of armor in the warfare wardrobe is prayer. And I say I believe for a reason. Are you familiar with the phrase, the tide of public opinion? Well, when it comes to certain Bible topics, there's the tide of scholarly opinion. 
It's only fair, I tell you, that the tide of scholarly opinion falls down on the side of not viewing prayer as one of the pieces of armor. That opinion, friends, is best represented in a little booklet called Every Day with Jesus, the Armor of God by author Selwyn Hughes, who says, What is the meaning of this further and final exhortation? Well, it is not, as so many Christians believe, an additional but unnamed piece of armor. Then he quotes another commentator. Paul is giving us in this verse a final piece of armor for the Christian who is in conflict with the devil, praying always with prayer. This surely cannot be so. In other words, prayer cannot be a piece of armor. For Paul's reference to praying always with all prayer, although closely related to the six pieces of armor, is quite different from them and does not fall within the bounds of the careful and close analogy he has been making. Friends, I contended all along and have reiterated several times that Paul is not interested in describing the physical pieces of armor. We've shown this in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of wickedness. And in 2 Corinthians 10.4, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Friends, Ephesians 6 is meant to open our eyes to a much larger battle than one engaged in by a first century Roman soldier, a war waged in the spiritual realm. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul's eyes were opened to draw a parallel for his believing audience, utilizing the physical warfare wardrobe of a Roman soldier. Let's briefly review the spiritual parallels Paul makes. The belt is not just the physical belt, it becomes the belt of truth. The breastplate is not just the physical breastplate, it becomes the breastplate of righteousness. The feet are not simply donned with the metal-studded sandals to be ready for war. They now become feet fitted with the readiness to proclaim the gospel of peace with God. The shield is not just the physical shield, it's now the shield of faith. The helmet is not just a physical helmet, it's the helmet of salvation. The sword is not just a physical sword, it now becomes the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So, friends, why would Paul all of a sudden discontinue his spiritual parallel when he gets to prayer? Is it perhaps because many Bible students and teachers assume that Paul has nothing to compare it to? After all, isn't Paul simply taking tangible physical weapons and comparing them to intangible, invisible spiritual weapons? Well, let's field test that theory. Because, friends, I believe Paul knew about a weapon of a first century Roman soldier we don't often consider, which happens to be an intangible, non-physical weapon thereby not ending the armor list with a sword. Believe it or not, friends, the Roman weapon was prayer as well. Have we missed the fact that the first century Greco-Roman world was a religious world? Albeit a pagan world, but nonetheless a religious world, and it was customary for pagan armies before a battle to pray to their gods for safety and victory. Wow, what a perfect and fitting parallel to remind Christ followers that we too can pray for safety and victory. For first century Roman soldiers dressed to the hilt for battle, putting on their full physical armor was not enough. In the end, their final step was seeking the favor and blessing of their gods. 
For them, this was like putting a cherry on top of the whipped cream. Remember, friends, the Spirit of God gave Paul supernatural insight to see beyond the mere physical. So for Paul, there was one last piece of armor that was just as important as the preceding list, if not the most important. The Christian parallel to the Romans' cherry on top of the whipped cream was the Christian's weapon of prayer. And friends, since it's the Christian's piece of armor, it represents spiritual reality with far-reaching effects, doesn't it? Paul's emphasis on the role of prayer is pretty obvious. Notice how many times prayer or related words are mentioned between verses 18 and 20. With every prayer and request. Pray at all times. Persevere in every request. Pray is even implied in verse 19. Pray on my behalf. And notice how many times all appears. A literal translation of verse 18 is, by means of all prayers and petitions, praying at all times in the Spirit, and to this very thing always keeping watch with all perseverance and petition concerning all the saints. Notice Paul's passion and the intensity of his words. Did you hear the idea of watchfulness? Remember our quote in the beginning? Without watchfulness, prayer and all this spiritual armor will be ineffective. Friends, latch on to the progression here. Without prayer, all the armor in the world would be of no use. Then, without watchfulness, prayer and all this spiritual armor will be ineffective. Now, let's review the meaning of watchfulness, friends. The NAS says, keeping watch. The NIV says, be alert. Our English word primarily refers to being constantly attentive and responsive to signs of opportunity, activity, even danger. Some synonyms would be vigilant, ready, being awake. Well, friends, the natural question I'd ask here is keeping watch or being alert for what? Well, the context of verses 17 through 20 provide hints for us to know what Paul wants us to watch out for or be alert for. One hint is that the sword of the Spirit in verse 17 is linked to praying in the Spirit in verse 18. And we know what the weapon of choice is for the Holy Spirit, don't we? It's the Word of God. Another hint is that we should be alert for how God's word may be brought to bear on all of life's situations, and particularly situations that are discernibly the work of Satan or his demon foot soldiers. Earlier I mentioned the four alls in verse 18. That sure seems like a tall order, doesn't it? You might be wondering, like I've been, how can we possibly pray all the time? And 1 Thessalonians 5.17 just adds insult to injury when it says, Pray continually. How about Jesus' own counsel to his disciples in Luke 18.1 that they should always pray and not faint? Well, my best assessment here, friends, is that Jesus and Paul are calling us to a continual communion with the Holy Spirit, first calling us to be in the Spirit, and then calling us to pray in the Spirit. 
In other words, friends, staying in close touch with the Holy Spirit, practicing his presence through the word and through prayer. I believe this will fine-tune our ability to hear his voice and be receptive to the spiritual solutions he suggests when engaging in spiritual warfare. And I believe those solutions will always include wielding his sword, the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. The Word of God will bring its truths and authority to bear on any of life's situations. Amen. Friends, the ultimate true story in history of someone practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit is the story of Brother Lawrence. He was nicknamed Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. I think it was no coincidence the resurrection theme was part of his identity, because only resurrection power can explain the way he responded to his own life situation. His birth name was Nicholas Herman. He lived in the 1600s and became a member of the Carmelite Monastery in Paris, France. In 1649, he was assigned kitchen duty. But even as a cook, he spent his time absorbed in meditation while carrying out his mundane tasks. Now, please don't misunderstand me to be implying that this practice was easy. On the contrary, it took humility and discipline in understanding his lowly position from God's vantage point. After Brother Lawrence's death, his prayers and maxims were collected and published in a book in 1694 called The Practice of the Presence of God. It was one of my textbooks in Bible college, and I highly recommend it. Friends, I can't think of a better way to describe practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit than how Paul describes in Ephesians 6, 18 and 19. Let's recall these two power-packed verses. Through all prayers and petitions or supplications, praying at all times or occasions in the Spirit, and to this very thing keep watch with all perseverance and petition concerning all the saints, and pray on my behalf that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel." Paul then closes out his spiritual warfare portion with, For which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, and it here means the gospel message, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Someone once said, Prayer should characterize the life of the Christian. It's also been said that Christians should fight shoulder to shoulder and knee to knee. So, fellow soldiers, we're in the army now. Let's go forward into battle with prayer, prayer for victory. Prayer is indispensable to the Christian soldier. Friends, no matter how completely we're dressed with our armor, our warfare wardrobe, as I like to call it, no matter how skilled or knowledgeable we may be in the art and science of spiritual warfare, no matter how courageous we may think we are, we can be certain that without prayer, we will definitely be defeated. God alone gives the victory, friends. When we as Christian soldiers go forth armed to the hilt for the spiritual conflict, and we've included looking to the Lord in prayer, we may be certain we will triumph. Amen? Friends, listen carefully now. Intermittent prayer will not suffice. Prayer must be always in and through every temptation and spiritual conflict, we must pray. 
Remember Jesus' own words to his disciples and appropriate these words to yourself. Luke 18.1 Now he, Jesus, was telling them, his disciples, a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged or faint. Please read the full parable in verses 2 through 8. Jesus' counsel to his disciples was to pray at all times and not faint. These are the two choices we have, friends. We either pray or we faint. And this word faint is an incredibly full-orbed word. It includes the meaning of faint, but also be wearied out, be exhausted, be weak, to fail in heart or lose heart. Technically, it means to be negatively influenced with the outcome of experiencing inner weakness. A number of years ago, I remember first learning about the clothing line called Under Armour. During the hotter times here in Arizona, I would walk at a nearby mall for exercise. One day while walking, I noticed a new store getting ready to open. There was a sign on the door that said, Coming Soon, Under Armour. I thought to myself, what is Under Armour? I looked in the windows at an empty store with boxes piled up inside that just said Under Armour on the boxes. Well, I know all about Under Armour clothing now, and in fact I love their logo, you know, that UA logo. I purchased a shirt that has the words Under Armour emblazoned on the front. It's because it ties in so well with Ephesians 6 and the armor of God. It actually made me think, as Christ followers, we're either under armor or we're under armored. (laughs) William Cowper, English poet and hymn writer in the 1700s, wrote, Restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian armor bright, and Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon their knees. An anonymous quote worth listening to is, I cannot say, deliver us from evil, if I'm not prepared to fight in the spiritual realm with the weapon of prayer. Friends, I'd like to close out our finale on the weapon of prayer, the piece de resistance, so to speak, with some additional quotations from Christ followers on the subject of prayer. John Greenleaf Whittier, who lived in the 1800s, said, Every chain that spirits wear crumbles in the breath of prayer. Martin Luther, who lived in the 1400s, said, As it is the business of tailors to make clothes, cobblers to mend shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. Robert Murray McShane, who lived in the mid-1800s, said, If I could hear Christ interceding for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is interceding for me. And finally, Paul Daniel Rader, who lived in the mid-1800s to the early 1900s, said, If you can beat the devil in the matter of regular daily prayer, you can beat him anywhere. If he can beat you there... He can possibly beat you anywhere. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I can see that we're nearing the end of our program. Today's broadcast will close with an email where you may write me. I truly appreciate those of you who write in and share your feedback on particular programs that speak to you or impact you in some way. 
A listener recently wrote in with reference to part six, How Lovely Are Your Feet, which was our look at the shoes we put on with their readiness to preach the good news of peace with God, with this comment, Thanks, Tom, for another great message. May we continue to keep fighting the good fight as we move forward against the enemy. Well, thank you so much for your kind and encouraging comment. And please remember, friends, all of the podcasts of A Word from the Word are accessible at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts. And feel free to share these podcasts with family or friends who may be touched, blessed, or even challenged by these teachings. Additionally, A Word from the Word podcasts are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please keep in mind, friends, that A Word from the Word is a listener-supported program. If it's blessing you, please join A Word from the Word support team especially now during these challenging financial times. Your faithful and sacrificial support is keeping this program on the air. Just email me and ask me for the details. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a word from the word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, Email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com.